One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Hello. How are you? Wherever you are. You know, we are dotted across the globe with these listeners of ours. This is true. Someone wrote into us from Tasmania today. I'd love to get over there. Why? What is it about it that appeals? I grew up thinking that like Australia would be the most magical, amazing place you could ever get to go. And I also just think like generally, like because of Bluey and stuff, I just can get myself into this headspace where I I feel like, oh, our lives would be perfect if we lived in Australia. Just shit is going on. We're going to be talking Colin from accounts later today. Shit's going on. Shit's going on down there. They're up to something. They're like the new South Korea. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? How South Korea was like, here we go. We're going to start making (laughs) some shit and make sure people know about it. Australia is like, come on, everybody. Look, we're going to start exporting some good shit. And now people like me are like, should we move to Australia? (laughs) Shall we say who we're going to be talking to today? Can I say the name and then give my little backstory? Yes. Okay. So today we're talking to Bridget Christie, the creator of The Change on Channel 4. So I started doing stand-up in 2014, and she became an obsession of mine because she was queen of the castle. So then two years later, I have a baby who nurses 20 hours a day. He was on that boob a lot, wasn't he? Was he was on the boob. He used to be walking along the streets of North London as if you were a tribeswoman walking across the tundra. Yes. You are not going to want to come across as like a man who would shame a woman for breastfeeding in any context. But I was doing it so sort of thoughtlessly. I would just feed while walking. Yeah. Of, of course, I think women should be allowed to breastfeed anywhere. But the the way in which you were doing it was a bit National Geographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that's an acceptable thing for you to say. But yes, that is that was the vibe. It was that you were doing it while striding, I think. Stride of pride. So I was in my local park and I was sat on this bench and I was just so tired and I was sad. And I had our sun against my boob and I could feel a person's body coming close to me. I was like, oh God, please let this not be a man being just please whatever this is just leave me to my private circle of exhaustion and misery and i looked up and it was bridget christie this woman this beacon of feminism and comedy just bestowed on me warmth and approval when i thought it was going to be this leering piece of shit and i'll always remember that and today we speak to her about the change which is a piece of TV. You know, I understood it to be about the menopause. And it is, but it's about so much more. Quick watch. 
Okay, look, I don't know if you've heard, but this new show is out called And Just Like That. (laughs) I'm bringing it back because it was a big week. This was the week when Aiden returned. This has been teased for months. It's not a big reveal that Aiden appears because we've all seen like the little drops that SJP has done on her Insta, etc. And I thought, oh, yes, please. And then I saw people tweeting and being like, this was good. This was better. And I still thought it was shitty. I thought when they laid eyes on each other the first time, I was like, oh my God, yes, amazing. And then where they take the story was just asinine. And I feel like they keep letting me get my hopes up a little bit and then shitting all over all of my dreams. There should be bonus content video of your gesticulations because that right arm of yours is it's going the crazy moment it's right on now. your heart. A second ago, it was out here <laughs> like you were making a speech to 10,000 people. <laughs> then you were pointing. <laughs> I mean, this is... I'm doing like presidential poses, but from like the 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's very crazy. It's like the so, Sermon on the Mount. There was this flicker for me of possibility in the in the MILF episode for everyone who's watching. When there was a MILF list, I was like, wait a second. Okay, I see this now. I see this now. We're starting to, here we go, here we go. And then the next episode was just fucking shit. What, and, what would it take for you to stop watching it? I don't think anything could make me stop watching it. Because <laughs> at first I thought it was going to turn a corner for me. And it hasn't. And people were saying this was good. And I just disagree. And I watched a second time because I love it so much, even though I hate it. But it's so much. I've watched it twice. No, but here's what I do. On the second time, I watch on fast forward. So I'll fast forward and then sit and watch the scene I like. That is such a bizarre way to watch I know. Television. And I have this other feeling, which is, I don't know if anyone else is getting this. Come on. You know that I've said that I think Miranda should die. Now that she's broken up with Che, like, and she's back in New York, I'm like a little bit more open to her sticking around. Would you be? Would you be open to just a coma? Yeah, I'd be open to a coma. Here's the compromise: Why not put her in a coma, see how it goes, and then if it's fine without her, they can pull the plug. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I support that as an idea. But I want her to. They used to part her hair in the. Anyway. I, I... <laughs> There was like one look for Cynthia Nixon when she looked amazing. And I don't know why they just don't allow her that all the time. I once tried a scathing takedown of Sex and the City. And the essence of it was that it just feels like a bunch of writers playing with Barbie dolls. And listening to you, I'm wondering if that does hold some weight. Yeah, I think it's possible that they're little dolls. And I, I wish that they would part her hair in the middle more and, like, <laughs> and give her this like deep cut, like this really low cut thing with her small little titties. But anyway, I thought the Aiden thing was bullshit. When they saw each other and they hugged, oh my God, yes, hello. (laughs) Aiden and Carrie forever. We've all always known it was right, okay? But then that thing, how they go to the fucking stoop and he can't go in because of trauma. And then they had a shitty kiss. That was a shitty kiss. (laughs) Don't fucking tease me for six months. I just can't trust you anymore. But I'm going to, you know, everything I've just talked about, I'm going to watch it again. I watched Futurama last night. What? You're looking at me like you just found out that I go to sex saunas. I just, I didn't know you had a relationship to this show and I don't know anything about it. It's like a funny cartoon. Is that the idea? It's Matt Groening who created The Simpsons, created it. Um, I don't think he has that much to do with it these days. Uh Um, Anyway, the, the reason I mention it is it's back after a long hiatus there's just one episode at the moment they're releasing it weekly and 
I really enjoyed it, but it just felt like it always has. It was no better, no worse. But I don't know that I'm going to stick with it. Why not? Well, this is what I'm trying to work through. If, if I liked it as much as I ever did, and I've already put in 50 plus hours of my life uh-huh. into it, why wouldn't I stick with it? Yeah. I just wonder if I'm done at this point. Okay, I get it now. You're not looking for consistency. You're looking for growth. Also, it is a show that has one of my big crushes in it. Not on a cartoon. Week in, week out, we, we hear you talk about these men like the Pieces of meat. Yes, like the pieces of meat in the kitchen of the bear. Yeah. Whereas as a man, I feel deeply uncomfortable doing that. And yeah, yeah. I, I keep my crushes to myself. Sure. But I think I feel comfortable admitting to a crush on okay, a Okay, tell me who she's called so I can look her up now. Look up Amy Futurama. Oh, you love yourself. Why? You just do. Why? Like she's in like a cool outfit and shit with like cool hair and you like just love yourself. Also, she's a drawing. Okay, yeah, fine. You in this cartoon. Go on. He also likes giraffes. No. If I, you had to fuck an animal. No, 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 no. I would not fuck an animal because it's not consensual. If, if to save <laughs> but, 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 our son's life, the animal that you would choose to rape would be a giraffe. Or a deer. Not antlers, not a male deer, a lady deer. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you like an antler? But I just I just want to be clear here. I, I, that is a very extreme hypothetical circumstance you're talking about. The only circumstance. I hope you would do it to save your own life. I would sacrifice myself rather than fuck a stag or a deer. No, don't do, think about your child. So you'd rather that, that that son that you have grows up without a dad. But he'd know his dad was a hero who didn't rape an animal. <laughs> like you died in war. You'd sit him down at the age of 18. Your father say, this, could this, have fucked a hot deer. <laughs> But, but he said no. But would you fuck a kangaroo to save my life? Would I fuck a kangaroo? Do they have big dicks? Wasn't there a picture of a very macho looking kangaroo? Oh, yeah. That you... that, I'd fuck that kangaroo to not save your life. <laughs> I'd pay to fuck that kangaroo. He was so butch. He'd fucking show me who the boss was, which is more than I can say for you. <laughs> Quick watch. I went back to the bear. After last week's episode, you became a hate figure. It is the thing. I've realised a flaw with this podcast. Uh-oh. Is that I don't like sharing my opinion if there's a risk that I'm going to upset somebody. And what happened was we got back a lot on that topic and it was evenly split. So no one's coming at us that hostilely about it. But it was more a sort of a real sense that you were yucking someone else's yum. We also got an equal amount of people going... Fucking thank you. This show, I get why people are into it, but it is so up its own asshole. Thank you for being the truth tellers. So we divided ourselves along this line and you've decided to go away into the night and run away from the bear. And I watched the second half of season two and I fucking love it. And I am not saying that to make people like me so that you can be the true hate figure for once. (laughs) And I am not saying it's perfect because it's not. Here's what I want to say. The relationship between Carm and Sid, I think, is quite badly written. I think that the storyline and the love interest dialogue between Carm and Claire is quite poorly written and very poorly scored. And I think your point about Dawson's Creek really holds up. If you set that shit to the side, it is fucking Excellent. And the episode where cousin slash Richie goes and does his training made me weep. 
I never think about really wishing I could live in Chicago. It's my backup plan if you drop dead. Did you know that that's my plan? Yes, you mentioned this with some frequency. So like, other than that as my backup plan, like I've never been like, God, why the fuck did I leave Chicago? But they're playing music that I listened to in high school while showing me the place that I spent high school, even though I'm a suburban girl, I'm not really from the city. But you know, let's just like put the two things together (laughs) as one. And I just sobbed watching Richie's storyline and watching Richie find himself. See, move to tears is no sign of anything for me because I I cried at a Starbucks advert recently. That's why I'm not asking you any Mm. questions, bitch. (laughs) Anyway, so remember when you saw there was a woman who you recognized and you were like, wait, how do I know her? Yes. That's the guy's wife who does the show. He must have been so surprised when the casting director told him that he or she had cast his wife. You're not going to believe this. (laughs) But the one who is best for the role is also your wife. (laughs) So I want to also give to the people who are like, thank you for saying it's like kind of not amazing. So my brother, who works as a chef, and you needed a place, you were becoming a hate figure for hating on the bear. And you thought, I wonder what my brother thinks about this. I I knew that your brother, as a professional chef finds it unwatchable now when you see your own profession on a tv show they're invariably doing stuff that makes you yell at the tv but this show does seem to pride itself on a certain type of realism so you you have my phone in your hand and you have some of your brother's comments on the bear Sure. And as as already discussed, my brother is this like real jolly dude until he's not. And then he has profound rage issues. A stage in Denmark means working one on one with a world famous chef. A restaurant without any spare money sends two people to culinary school. If you go to culinary school for two weeks or work in a fancy restaurant for a week, then you're qualified to head a kitchen. When you're a great cook and do a test dish, it tastes so bad you have to spit it out. I get my dish ideas by looking at art or going on the architectural boat tour. I hate so many things about it and scream at the TV. And Sarah W., that's his wife, it's awkward, has said she can't watch it with me because. I ruin it. My brother hates it. I, I, I feel so validated. And I find it watchable. All right. I say with some trepidation after my reaction to the bear, we would love to hear from you. Has your opinion on a TV show made you a hate figure amongst your friendship group? I think, Jeff, your hating on the bear made people feel shitty in themselves. Mm. Also, I thought we could ask if anyone watches something in a weird way, like you fast-forwarding through certain bits of, and just like that. Come, show me your weirdness. I was also thinking about my Futurama thing. Have you invested in triple-digit number of episodes of a show and then just thought, it's, it's not you, it's me? As well as your TV recommendations and thoughts, please. Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. Coming up later, we're talking to Bridget Christie about The Change, which is her show on Channel 4. A fantastic supporting cast as well. Yes! It has Liza Tarbuck. I think she's Lisa with a Z, not Liza with a Z. It's all, This is getting way too confusing for me. Okay. Lisa Tarbuck. Um, Jim from Horrible Histories is in there. Is it? It's Jim Howick. Yeah. He's like a bit sexy to me. Not on TV, But I started Googling him because he's so funny. I was like, who's this person? And then like he is sort of hot. See, I have a type. That's my point. Hmm. Oh, and uh, also Jerome Flynn, who you'll know from Game of Thrones. That's the guy who lives in the tree. Yeah, he was Tyrion's bodyguard. You loved him in that show. 
I love him, but I've really gone off that show generally. I, th- I think a lot of people now... Feel embarrassed. Yeah, maybe, maybe feel like they were a bit swept up in something. They were. This is what, that's what happened to the Germans. So don't judge. <laughs> I don't think it's exactly the same thing. Getting swept up is getting swept up. And uh, all I'm saying is, is that people think like that it wouldn't have been them. But like, if you're someone who's like, it's fun to watch all these weird Middle Earth creatures, then like, you don't know what you're capable of. Do you just want to reassure people that it's okay for you to make that joke as a Jewish person? Oh yeah, I'm Jewish. Self-hating. Uh, Bridget Christie coming up. What's the Chariots of Fire music? Ba, 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 da, 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 da. I can't decide if I'm Chariots of Fire or Rocky coming to the top of the thing. <laughs> da, 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 da. But we've got our Patreon. We wanted to get it right for you. We wanted to make sure that by asking you to support us on Patreon, that we had something worthwhile for you. If you think, you know what? These two, they seem to put some effort into giving me this thing that I'd like, and I would like to support them in some way. It would mean so very much to us. This is a classic Patreon system. It's three tiers. The cheapest tier is three pounds a month. That is the price of a fancy coffee. No, that's less than a fancy coffee. My fancy coffee is three pounds fitty. Is it? I think so. Isn't that what they charge across the street? I think we have done a very good job of conveying how much three pounds is. (laughs) The more important question, because people aren't listening to us going, how much is three pounds, you guys? (laughs) You get that it's a teeny, teeny, teeny amount. And now the much more important business of what you're going to get. So the first thing that you get on our tier one of Patreon supporters is a written out version of every single thing that ever gets recommended on this podcast. And where to watch it. And who recommended it. But that is not all. We are also going to give you access to a longer version of the weekly interview that we do. I would say they're they're on average twice as long and, as and, what you get. Yeah, and and sometimes longer than that. And then finally, we are going to start doing a monthly sprinkles. Jeff, explain what a monthly sprinkles will look like. Well, on the Succession podcast, we had Friday sprinkles. We we would get to spend more time with your email. So what you're saying is it's going to be an additional episode per month that's just a little bit more us and a little bit more listener content. Yes? Yeah, it's just be a bit looser overall for all of our Patreon supporters, no matter which tier. So to recap, tier one, three pounds a month. They're getting their, they like to watch list. They're getting their weekly bonus episode, which is an extended interview of our guest interview. And they're getting a monthly sprinkles, which is a bit more of us with your contributions. Also, you get early access to any live events that we do in future. And then there's two other tiers. One is five pounds. One is 10 pounds. Um, if you look at the Patreon, which is patreon.com stroke they like to watch. You'll see those other two tiers. And if you don't have a pen to hand, there is also a link in the episode notes for this episode. All right, the show that we spent the most time watching together this week was Colin from Accounts. Yes. This is an Australian show and it's been, I would say, somewhat of a sleeper hit here on the BBC iPlayer. It stars and was created by a married couple... Yeah. They are Harriet Dyer and Patrick Bramall. 
both of them are actors. Which is very interesting. Like, it makes sense that comedians would then turn into writers, but actors less so. But they do seem to have the gift. Yeah. Do you want to tell us the premise of it? Okay, this man and woman meet. They are both present when a dog gets hit in the road. And they both wind up responsible for this dog. So it's like suddenly they're co-parents, but they don't know each other at all. And then we watch their relationship unfold across six episodes. And we watched it and we were both like, eh, like, good. That's a really funny idea. This is funny. But like, we didn't feel taken away. And then... So many people started to talk about how good it was. You were like, do you think maybe we just weren't in the right headspace? And we revisited it. And then somewhat instantly upon the revisit, we both went, oh, wait, this is much funnier. And I'll tell you what I think might have been part of it as well. I'd I'd heard a few people say, oh, you should watch Colin from Accounts at that point. And there were two things that I found off-putting. One was people kept saying, oh, it's lovely and warm. And... That is not the type of comedy I generally like. I also, I don't think it is lovely no, and warm, no, actually, which I say a, is a compliment. It has a genuine warmth to it, but it isn't that saccharine thing. It reminded me quite a lot of Him and Her with Russell Tovey and Sarah Soleimani, because it's it's really the stuff of relationships, but not in a hacky way. And then the other thing is, the title is misleading, and we won't give away why it's called that. But the title made me think it was heading in a certain direction, like a second-rate version of The Office or uh-huh, something, uh-huh. which it isn't what's happening at all. But I just thought, oh, this is where it's going. I think one of the other issues that we had is that the very first time we meet the male lead, Gordon, he sort of wakes up and his laptop is open and it's got porn on it. Who, once they have reached the moment of climax, is leaving the porn on? Right. You don't sort of mop up and then think, I just want to see it through to the end. <laughs> No, but you're telling me that you've never jerked. You're not like jerking off with your porn and then the computer stays open. Like you immediately shut the laptop the second you've ejaculated. That browser window. So you, you felt that that was something that made you go, this shit is not real. But then as the show progressed, we thought, no, this is weird and it's funny. It is just a little more fun because you know they're married until... You have to watch them be sexual together. And then it makes me very uncomfortable because they're married. So do you feel there's a lack of chemistry? No, I feel that there is chemistry, actually. I think they have have very good chemistry, obviously, on screen. But then, like, in the couple of kissy moments, spoiler, but it's fine, it makes me feel like I'm watching porn. Like, it makes me feel like I'm like... It's too real. It's too much. And I, so, so, so last week you were talking about how much you want to see the guy from the bear kiss a woman on screen. He's exceptional. He's like the most... But, but what you don't want to see is genuine intimacy. No, I don't want to watch... Or, or feelings behind that stuff. It's just so intimate and I don't need it in my life. If we suddenly wound up on a sitcom and there was like a scene where there had to be like sexual, you know, we were recreating when we met and there had to be like some bit of sexual tension before we leaned across a table and kissed each other for the first time. And they put that out on a streaming service. I feel like it would it would be like um putting out like a snuff film or something like <laughs> on Channel 4 where they'd be like, you can't put out. People fucking and murdering each other on Channel 4. You can't Or, or anywhere, do that. really. <laughs> or Netflix. I mean, or just, or just... anywhere. <laughs> the, the, I just want to be clear here. There, there isn't an a- acceptable outlet for a snuff film. 
Oh, okay. I don't know how these things work. I think if we were in that situation, I would say, I just don't think this is authentic to the characters. Uh, can we peck? <laughs> yeah, like we could do like a quick kiss on the lips. But even that, I don't think people should have to see that. So, so this Harriet Dyer and Patrick Bramall. He is much older than she is. And they're a couple. And that's kind of never a winning aspect, right? You never go, oh my God, but you know what I would love to see on screen? A 47-year-old man with a 33-year-old woman. That's just, I just like need that in my life. No one feels that way. I think that's their age difference. She might be 34, but he's 47 and she's like around 13 or 14 years younger. Is that 24 years younger? No. Is it the same age? Also, no. Do we need a lot more television where we just have an older man with a younger woman? We really fucking don't. However, this show makes their age gap part of the plot. And that is the fucking thing. All you're ever looking for is self-awareness. That's what I'm saying. Just like have an age gap, whatever, but just fucking acknowledge the cliche. I, I was going to ask about them. Do you think there's such a thing as Australian face? And I'm not, not talking about first people. I am talking about Australians who probably, their ancestors at some time, originated on these isles, the British Isles. Do you think you could be shown on flashcards 50 faces and say whether they're Australian or not? No. But you think you could and you think he has Australian face. I think face. both of them have Australian face. I don't understand. I think Sarah Snook has Australian face. What? Yeah. Okay, I want you to ride this out. You're, you're in it alone. Give him your hate mail. So if you want to email about Australia face, then you say this is for Jeff in the subject <laughs> header and then let him have it and I'm not going to read it. Okay. Which is terrible of me because when I got my true hate mail last week, Jeff sent a very sweet response in defense of me. Right? I am a man who will fight for your honor. He was a man who will fight for my honor. It was so sweet. And I didn't want him to send it. But then when I did, I was like, yeah, you fucking let her have it, didn't you? But anyway, I'm not going to return that favor. So make sure you address it to Jeff directly. So Colin from accounts then, a hard yes from us. Hard yes. Genuinely funny. Watch it. Thank you to you if you recommended Colin from accounts to us. You were right. And if you have another recommendation, we would love to hear from you. If there's something where you're thinking, oh, if you like that, then you'll really like this, uh, let us know about it. Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. And coming up next, we're going to be talking to Bridget Christie about her show, The Change, which is on Channel 4. It's not like anything else. No, and it's set in the Forest of Dean. Mm. And it feels like the best way to describe why it feels different has to somehow do with the fact that it's in the Forest of Dean, but I don't know how to explain it any better than that. There's this sense of community. Now, I don't mean like from the actors on the show. I mean that you you meet this town in the context of this show. And there's something very appealing about that in a way that I've, I've not seen done previously. These are all just m more detailed and perhaps worse ways of explaining that it just feels different from anything else I've ever watched. All right. Coming up next, Bridget Christie. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I thought that you were this really, really good actor and I was curious whether how good you were at that particular thing just made you want to say like fuck it forever in terms of stand-up oh what well a that's very kind thank you b god that's the thing I thought about the least (laughs) which is weird um because I should have been intimidated by that cast but for some reason I don't know I just thought oh I've got to do a bit of acting now so I'd just go over and do a bit of acting. But when you're sitting in an edit suite looking at yourself on the screen, are you not thinking, oh, the camera likes me? Likes me? Oh, Jeff, no. <laughs> no, no I, I had a word with myself beforehand and I had to pretend that it was not me. Does that make sense? Yes, but how do you do that then? Um, it was very businesslike. You know, I sort of wanted the best cut or the best take or, you know... I was quite unemotional about it. When you found, when you sort of found out that the show was a go, did you think, "Fuck! I hope I hope I can act. I hope I know how to act." Sarah, I honest, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think about it. Oh my god! I think because I'd done a pilot, and because the channel and the production company had not said you need to get a really good actor for Linda, like no one said it. Am I? I'm really worried. I'm sounding arrogant. Like. No, 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 no. You're. I mean, I asked you an impossible question in a in a way, which is like, why was your acting so good? Like, what the, what are you supposed to do? But no, but, it but I'm, was... not, I'm. Yeah, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, I wasn't stressed out about it. So you've you've been winning awards for about a decade, which makes me think that it's been a decade that you've been like pitching television ideas. So this is the one that we're all getting to experience. But do you like have a bag full of other sitcom ideas that you've been asked for across the last decade? Oh, I was pitching way before. I've probably been pitching 
how old's my son? 16, 17, 18 years, probably. I've had um, two or three pilots, well, probably about four pilots, actually. Yeah, this is the one thing. Who'd have thought? And does that make sense to you when you look at this compared to the other ideas, or are you sitting on a, a drawer full of gold? Well, I haven't made the other ones, so I don't know what they'd be like. But do they feel no. to you very? You know, does does this one feel to you? You know, as as you type the final full stop, did you think, oh, this this one is different? I was so passionate about this show, and I I felt a real duty to to deliver for it. It was like its own thing um, that was not really created by me. It was like a thing that I was enabling. Does that mm-hmm. sound like a bit ooh? Things just felt really straightforward in a way that other projects hadn't. Things fell into place, but like amazing people came on board and there was a little bit of magic to it. And um, I think that's why, Sarah, did you ask me if I was nervous before it went out? Somebody asked me when we saw each other the other day. And I was like, well, I don't because, you know, now that I've done this, I think that making a TV show is absolutely, my God, it's so hard. And all the separate components can be absolutely brilliant. But then for some reason, something goes wrong at some point and it's nobody's fault. Nobody's fault. And you never know until you're in the edit and that you've got to the end of the edit. Well, I suppose even then you don't really know how it's going to land. But, but then that's not terrifying. Jeff, I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I'm, I'm not finding very many things frightening at the moment. Is that, and is that at the moment or were you like this 15 years ago? Okay, I don't want to do rubbish things. So I work very hard at, at the, the particular thing that I'm doing. Because if I don't do that, then my relationship with myself is damaged and compromised. But, but another side of that is there'll often be other people with opinions weighing in. And it takes a certain, I don't know, like a strength of character or something in you that, that doesn't need to people please to push back on that stuff. Are, are you good at that and not having something bounced into it, not being what you wanted it to be? This is what I think people should know is that I do hundreds of drafts of my shows, of radio shows, of stand-up, of, I'm like, oh, God, over and over and over again. And I've got very slow processing skills, like mentally. It takes me a long time to read. Like, I find reading quite hard. I find writing hard. Um, But no one was problematic. No one tried to take over. No one wanted it watered down. No, No one didn't want my voice. I've been told that that's a very rare experience. This sort of this like the change magic that you're talking about, like was that yeah. from moment one or was it, did it feel like a real hurdle to convince someone that there should be a show about menopause? Sarah, it wasn't about the menopause. So this script was commissioned oh, seven, eight years ago and it wasn't about a menopausal woman. It was about a middle-aged woman whose life hadn't turned out the way she'd planned and she goes back to live with her parents and I wasn't even perimenopausal then when the script were like a pilot script one script was commissioned and then other things happened work like I you know what it's like you're working on multiple different things at once then lockdown happened then I became perimenopausal then menopausal I was like well there are a lot of shows about young people's sex lives you know where are all the shows about 
women's stories who are older that aren't about sex. And I really didn't want this to be a story about a woman and her relationships. I wanted that to be just really about that person and their journey with themselves and their love affair with themselves. That's the thing that I want people to take from it, that they can be alone in 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 the world or they don't have to always be attached. You know, we enter the world and we leave it. And I wanted this central character to delve into that. Um, I just wanted to say as well, I thought like the way that you presented her as a mother wasn't the way that I've seen a mom presented before that that she she wasn't looking to define herself in this certain way by that thing and that was neither to be celebrated or neither did it make her a piece of shit no this is the thing like it's so binary isn't it it's like here's a woman who loves her family she's not leaving them it isn't a breakup story and it isn't a woman um, <clears throat> abandoning her children. This is like millions of women and men to a degree, but she is taking some time to find out who she is. And she's entitled to that time. It's eight years. Those chores add up to eight years. Oh Six years or eight years. Where did that idea come from, the ledger? Jeff, I wish I'd had that bloody idea years ago. Um, <laughs> I felt like when we were watching that, I felt that I could feel Jeff's anxiety mounting. <laughs> Which is then sort of that sort of reflected in the in the show at different points. But but yeah. When where did you get that from? It was this idea of time. Time was a really big, like early theme. And um I I I feel like women's time is less valuable. I, I feel like it's seen as less valuable. And I wanted to see it physically. My God, eight years of something that just no one even knows about. And that made me feel really sad because I thought, what could that time have been spent doing? And then and then I was like, well, is that is it Linda's fault? Like, I remember someone came up to me. It's great the things that people are saying to me now. Like, <laughs> my, a friend came up and said, you know, my family say, just leave it, just leave it. But I say to them, no, because I don't want to live like that and I shouldn't have to live like that. But because you don't mind it, why should I have to not mind it? Because I do mind it and that's why I do it. So it's not it's not good enough to just say, just leave it. Because I don't just want it to be left. I want you to do it as well. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is like a really simple thing. Two people who love each other, who live in the same house. Why is it not sorted out? That's an idea that could like be lobbied to government. Like, this is what I want. You either pay us or it has to be 50-50 or that we're just not doing it. You should really feel bad for me because my father, who is about to turn 80, is like the neatest man in the entire world. So my parents do not have anyone's dream marriage by a stretch. But in no. fact, they were so aligned and working together always yeah. on household yeah. things so my now, parents did see, so my is, mom, th yeah. th then you have that model as well i mean there was nine kids and my dad would get back from the factory and he would like rinse all the nappies out you know you oh didn't have God. disposable nappies in the 70s but he loved he loved my mother he didn't want to see my mum do everything you know Gosh. is that the thing that you had the strongest reaction to no um I think the Eel Festival, the stations, women saying how seen and heard they feel. Um, yeah, the ledger is a big thing, but I would say that it was kind of the whole thing. Um, 
being positive about changes and not being frightened and sort of taking control and the menopause as well and lots of people actually of all different ages and genders just have felt like it was quite joyful and it made them feel quite hopeful about themselves and life and the world in general. They like that it's kind of a celebration and not cynical, I suppose. But it's that you managed that sort of lack of cynicism with it being so funny is really weird. I really tried so hard to make it really funny. That's the first thing that it has to be, right? Has to be funny first. Like just there's so many beats in it that were just so funny and yes so joyous it really feels special to be told that a lot of good shit is ahead of me and not because that's just the message of the show in a certain way Mm. but because that's the message of your story yeah i i did feel like it was possibly the one time it was going to happen to me and i was just going to enjoy every single second of it like nothing was going to like distract me from this once in a career opportunity. Like, it really is, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Who gets to make their own TV show? The show had a, a good, calming vibe, you know, for me. Bridget, you have a very calming you vibe. Do. I noticed this speaking to you. It's well, only... you know why? Because of the menopause, right? And I was getting loads of heart palpitations and loads of hot flushes. And sw- If I'm stressed, I feel physically bad. Um, so I'm managing my symptoms with lifestyle changes you know trying to cut down on coffee alcohol stress exercising just trying to sort of feel good and happy can i ask you about the motorbike because you got one for your 50th um, i did a yeah. couple of years ago is, yeah. is that the same bike that we see in the show no um for insurance purposes and whatever they had to get like a prop bike and we had a stunt guy and they had to watch me riding around a car park make sure that i wasn't gonna because if I go down, the whole show went down. Of course, oh you must be very insured. Yeah, so so that was me on the um, yeah. Wow. Oh and what what do you get out of it? Well, I think when you start biking when you're young, like I was sixteen, um, and I just love riding bikes, and I think they're really. I think mine is really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can we ask you a, a few quick fire questions before we release you into the remainder of your day, Bridget? About TV. About Oh, yeah, they're all about television. We won't violate your privacy. What was the show that made you love TV? Lassie. I would have been about three and four, and I would watch it crying, and Uh, my siblings uh. would peep at me through the door laughing. (laughs) And the game game was called A Spy on Bridge. (laughs) I knew Sarah would find this funny. Have you grown up more emotionally functional than your siblings? I am quite emotional. Like... I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Like, that's such a beautifully raw response for a little, little child to be having to a sweet doggy. When you uh, you switch to telly on, Bridget, what is the hierarchy of channels you flip through? Oh, God. We don't watch TV like that anymore. I won't put the TV on not know where I'm going because I I don't sort of have hanging out time like that. If if it's a night and you're not gigging and it's nine o'clock... You're not watching TV. You're still writing something or working. I will be, yeah, at the moment. Oh God, yeah, Bridget. That's been my life for a few years. Oh, my God. I feel Ugh. you've just put even more poison in Sarah. Yeah, I just like I'm starting to realise some of what goes into people being successful and it makes me feel sad about myself. Oh, they don't have, they don't have life. <laughs> no, I, it would be something 
something that I watch with uh, me and my daughter watch TV together. Um, what did we just finish? American Office. We've we finished and um, and Detectorist. We finished. Um, the thing that we liked the most with my son as well was Ripper Street. I don't know if have you seen Ripper Street. No. My God, it is flawless, flawless from beginning to end. I think it might be the best thing I've seen in ten years, maybe. What? Oh my God, this is wild. All right, we're putting it on our list. Yeah. What's, what's your reaction when you find out that someone doesn't own a TV? Amazing. Think of the things that they'll be doing. They'll be like in the world, won't they? They'll be. They'll be doing things. No, be I, like... I feel that they're just not having a TV to convey a sense of moral superiority to other people. Oh, you see, that's quite cynical. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I imagine them talking and creating stuff. Yeah, making when you things. really push with these people, it turns out they're watching the same shows as everybody else on a laptop. They just want to be better than you because they don't have a TV. There's a, like a community in the Forest of Dean who've heard about the show, The Change. But they haven't got a telly, so they're going to go try and get a telly to watch the change. I think that's really cool. That's, <laughs> that's lovely. Wonderful. Or you could go and stage it for them as a production. <gasps> oh my god, that's such a great idea! <laughs> Do a play of it. Do like a yes. live show. Yeah. Hey, in all the locations, like you know, like Punch Drunk or something, and so yeah, like, an immersive thing. An audience oh would gosh. have to follow us in a van. Should I do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I, I'd be available as an extra, like, when you, when you get to episode six, I would very happily do it. Um, before we let you go, what do you think we should be watching? Ripper Street. Ripper Street. Okay, there it is. I don't like gratuitous female violence and, like, it's quite gory and extreme at the beginning, but it isn't like that all the way through. And it is a very, 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 very feminist program. Oh, I forgot to tell you that Jeff hates women, so he might not be into it, but I will definitely give it well, a Well, he'll like the beginning bit. <laughs> okay, perfect. perfect. Where there are some victims. <laughs> okay, that'll be, honey, that'll be your special spot. Yeah. Bridget Christie. So interesting. What a soothing presence she is. Yes. She's, she's very centered. She just makes us feel that everything is possible. Mm. This is the thing, you find these exceptions to prove the rule. You know what I mean? I'm 44. There's probably actually not that much shit that's possible, really. And I know this is dark. I don't want to say anything quite so dark after talking to Bridge. Why drag it down? Keep mm. it up. We're all feeling good. Things are possible. Change is possible. Joy is possible. I'm going to let that be in my body before I say something negative. Maybe you should get a motorbike. Between us, we get so close to death on a regular bike. The last thing either of us can be trusted with. People cycle for years, for decades, without an accident. Not you and me. Uh-uh. Most I think either of us are going to get is two years before something catastrophic happens. I like going on a motorbike. I just don't want to be riding it myself. I want to be pillion. Cool. Or in a sidecar. Uh, a sidecar I would consider... I'd like you to be in motorbike pleathers, not leather, and then I'm sitting behind you, hanging on to you with my arms around you. That sounds sweaty and gross. <laughs> Is it time to pay a little visit to someone? Hello, buddy. <laughs> Have people been keeping you well fed, Mr. Inbox? Oh, I got a little bit of a tummy ache from a few people who were very angry. 
angry <laughs> because you hurt people's feelings by not loving the bear. Okay, well, less is more. Thank you, Mr. Inbox. Let's have a look at what you've got there in your innards. This first email is from Drew McBrant. Drew writes, Dear FNN, I know you both loved the UK and US versions of The Traitors. Indeed, we did. The UK one gripped me in a way that nothing else has in years. I even dreamt about it. The US one didn't have the same hold over me, although the last three episodes blew my mind. I've only just started the Oz version, so I haven't formed an opinion yet, but I can already feel the claws of obsession digging in. Yours faithfully, honest, I'd never be a traitor. I bet Normcore is the traitor, Drew. <sighs> you would be an amazing traitor. Because I seem so bland. Because you can perform lies well. Are you saying that it's easier for me to live a lie? Yes, exactly. You can live a, like a lie, whereas I could just be like, oh, my God, I loved it. But you're not so good at it. No, it's funny. The amount of people who watch The Traitors and have said to me, oh, I want to go on it. I, I, I would not want to do that at all. No, I think I want to do stuff because I want like a star turn for my career. So I would do it for that reason. Whereas the thought of being with all those people for all that time and the, the worst bit for me is where you have to see people at breakfast every day two weeks though right i can't do i can't even do it for one day the day after a wedding making small talk oh with people at the breakfast God. buffet the worst would you rather fuck a giraffe or be in that trader's house for two weeks would there be any way of it being consensual with the giraffe yes the the giraffe is somehow able to like put its little hoof in your hand and be like you are allowed to fuck me Look into my beautiful eyes with my beautiful lashes. Then I'd be like, yeah, I'm not having breakfast with other people. Just hang on while I go and get my stepladders. Your stepladder? Oh, to fuck? I don't think you've got the balance for that. <laughs> you don't have like the core strength to stand on ladders while you do your thrustings. Oy. Well, listen, Drew, I think we're not going to watch the Australian traders. I don't see it for us right now. Mm. But when the UK traders comes back... I think we're going to really go for it. Next, this comes from Yael, who says, here's my trope that has to go away. Lawyers, ad execs, powerful business people, pulling a bottle of whiskey out of that office drawer and pouring it into a cut crystal tumbler. Stop it now. Uh, you know that I don't agree with Yael because I love a businessman. <laughs> so I just sit and like, that's right. Look how they live. Look at those powerful men. Ooh, yeah, go get it. There's some weight to that glass. Mmm. This next email is from Quivon. Hi, guys. On the subject of narration in movies and TV shows, Goodfellas is genius. And then we heard from Mel Shorter, who said, in terms of good narration, in a film, American Psycho. And I think that's right. But what we're learning here is that a film can pull it off, but a TV show can't quite. Because then Mel goes on to say, with TV, that's harder, but maybe Scrubs. I have never seen an episode of Scrubs, but I get the impression I would hate it. Mm. I don't feel nicely towards Zach Braff. Why? He seems like a nice person. Do you think sometimes when somebody's name begins with an X or a Z, it's easy to take against them? <laughs> <laughs> is that something I don't think that, but is that something that you have? Yeah, I, I think they're like showy offy letters. Oh shit. What, so like you hate mm. an Xavier? Not not you know, I try and do it on a case by case basis. Also also my ex was lovely and her name began with a Z. Oh, you fucking horror of an ex-girlfriend. 
Let you guys go have like a nice holiday together. Go do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. She can have you. She can honestly have you at this stage. This comes from Claire, who says, hello, my lovelies. After succession, and I'm not proud of this, I watched True Blood to feed my Alexander Skarsgård obsession, and I do not recommend it. However, the naked Alexander time is very high, much higher than expected, and shameless soft porn. Mm. You tempted? I, I'm not, because I'd rather just Google image him and like look for some shirtless shit. Um, Claire continues, what put the poison in me? Requiem for a dream. The drawaway shot after Jared Leto has his arm amputated. My understanding is that it doesn't matter who you are. Requiem for a Dream is the film that puts the poison in you. I was once strong-armed into having Jared Leto's band on my radio show performing a session. I feel that put the poison in me. Do you know who's back together again? The Beatles. Dogstar. Keanu Reeves' band. Here's what I believe. Somehow, I'm going to get Keanu. Not, you know in my bed <laughs> but in your drawers in your silky drawers get your filter paws off my silky drawers <laughs> you're very easily goaded into that you know well i wouldn't even say goaded i would say that i very instantly slip into the role of rizzo it's like she's sort of always just right there with me i think a lot of women think they're the rizzo yeah we all think we're the rizzo <laughs> i think i'm the what's her name you know, the redhead. Frenchie. Yeah, I know I'm Frenchie or the other one. <laughs> and I don't mean Sandy. <laughs> I know. The... I think I think you're Chacha. What's her face? I'm not Chacha de Gregorio. Oh, hang on a minute. There is somebody you're more, more reminiscent of from Greece. Who? Oh, my f- God. I know. I know. It's one of the women who works in the office. You think I'm like one of the women who works in the office? No. I, t- I said this oh. to you when you came over. The- Sarah came home the other night. She was wearing a bomber jacket and a baseball cap. And I said, <laughs> you should think you can have grease lightning fixed in time for the drag race. <laughs> That's who you look like, that mechanic. I think re- the person who my essence day to day is the most like is the assistant to the principal <laughs> who plays the xylophone before the morning announcements. <laughs> that is me. No, you're more like the principal. So just to finish up, thanks to Anne Blake and everyone else who wrote in to recommend Deadlock. Quite a few of you. This is what I'm talking The Australians are fucking coming for us. They're up to something. They're up to some shit. Um, Liam Dowling, who recommended Jiri Haji for anyone who has a thing for Will Sharp, who is in White Lotus and Flowers. So good. Jiri is spelled G-I-R-I. Haji is spelled H-A-D-J-I. And lastly, Verity Jones, who sent an email enthusing about Search Party. Verity was wondering if she's the only one. But no, we really loved the first two series of it the third season i was a bit less convinced by and the the fourth season took a very strange turn and we haven't quite finished it yet yeah and it stars alia shaw cat pregnant she's pregnant now Mm -hmm. that's nice for her Mm. you have a real hard on for her i do do like her you like her a little bit yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i don't blame you Mm -hmm. but she's not pregnant with your baby that was me honey pie (laughs) If you would like to feed Mr. Inbox a delicious, nutritious meal, feed me, buddy. The email address is fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. So this week, Bridget Christie liked to watch Ripper Street, currently on Amazon Prime. That's got Jerome Flynn in it as well. Um, The Detectorists, which you can find on BBC iPlayer and Netflix. The Detectorists is the show that 
basically everyone I have become truly close with in the UK has told me I have to watch. And I never have. And it's because you tell me I'll fall asleep and then I'm a shitty person and you wish you were with Aaliyah Shawkat. Aaliyah Shawkat would be able to watch <laughs> The Detectorists. Uh, Bridget also liked to watch the American version of The Office, which is on Netflix. Sarah liked to watch. And just like that. Me and my original choices. This is who you're doing. You're talking about these women who are like, let's watch The Detectorists. Let's watch this. And I'm like, I really want to watch them just like that on the bear. Whatever. I speak for the fucking common person. All right. And just like that. Uh, HBO, Sky and Now TV and The Bear is on Disney+. Plus. I like to watch the Hulu reboot of Futurama, which is on Disney Plus in the UK. And we like to watch Colin from Accounts, available on BBC iPlayer and The Change on Channel 4. I feel like we're doing God's work. I really do. I feel like we're really trying to give people some shit. So does it mean something to you? Great. Look in the notes right now. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. And I can't wait to give you some gifts. Boop, boop, ba-doop, boop. Oh my God, what if we start doing nude shots of me for people for the Patreon? We could set up an OnlyFans. What if I like showed my feet? You know I find you incredibly attractive. Your feet is almost like they belong to some species in between the end of the What? Do you really feel that way about my feet? I get like pedicures gonna, so that they look nice. It's like they're going to discover some bones at some point. Yeah. Like, oh, this is like a diff- different variant of, of humans. They're not that big. It's not like you need clown shoes. My feet right now look nice and I moisturize them. Like, my feet are cared for. My feet smell good and they are well cared for. Thank you. Do the best with what you got. All right, we're out of here. Enjoy yourselves while we're on holiday. We're not going to miss a week because we got to keep fucking courting you people. Bon voyage. I'm on the end of the ship. We're sailing away. Arrivederci. Bye-bye. We see you. We love you. Ciao, 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 ciao. Besos, besos, besos. Bye-bye. 